Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge, joined again by Shelly Billinghurst. How's it going, Shelly? Hey, Serge. It's going great. Just absolutely loving it every day. Um, oh, you're full of shit. <laughs> just full of shit. What do you expect me to say? Do you know, yeah, I don't uh, know. You always say that. Pack, Life know, is so optimistic. We made a pact optimistic. not to talk about the weather, right? Well, oh, we my should God. maybe. Shallow conversation. Nobody cares about the fucking weather. Let's get something meaningful. You know, I'm just going to introduce our guest because you and I are just going to end up fighting. So Brad, you're going to have a referee here. So today on the show, I am very pleased to have joining us the CEO and founder of Candidate Hub, Brad DiPolo. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. I have a little bit of a history with Brad. Brad was actually the first HR person I ever worked with. And we're talking over 20 years ago as I Don't worked in sales. Don't date us. Yeah, is, I know. I'm is, trying not to date you. So are you saying that Brad's responsible for your disdain of HR people? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Probably played no. a pretty big Brad, role. Brad, we're off to a bad start here, man. Let's see if we can dig ourselves and, and it, out of this Like hole. Shelly, I don't have a disdain for HR people. Uh, I love HR people. I just don't think they're great at recruitment. Maybe Brad was the exception because he obviously part of his HR role was doing the recruitment. And he hired amazing people, some of them that became uh, some of my best friends through the years. So, Well, honestly, like to this day, my best hire, if somebody asked me about my best hire, it goes back to those days. Exactly. And that person, I I know who you're talking about. I lived with that person for almost five years and still one of my best friends to this day. So there you you go. uh, You introduced us, so you played a part in it. Okay, so let's take a trip down memory lane here. And maybe you can explain some of Serge's psychological scars. So talk about your journey (laughs) into recruitment, Brad, and Serge from his early formative years. So maybe this will explain it. Psychological scars. So yeah, as Serge mentioned, my venture into recruitment goes way, way back to our audio video retail, cellular retail days 20 some years ago. So I came out of school, I was going to be a teacher and decided to move to Moncton, got a job selling cell phones and worked my way up into using that education degree to get into recruitment. And the funny part is 20 years ago, When I uh, wore that many hats, uh, trying to build an HR department, I actually hated recruitment. It's funny how the tide turns. And it's because I talk to people all the time and they're like, I hate recruitment. It's because it's not, it's, it's a task that you do and in a job that you other want to focus on other stuff. But now I love recruitment. And so I just want to say anything that I say about recruiters comes from a place of love. And it's not insulting if you're insulting yourself. Okay. Yes. If you group yourself (laughs) into that category, you get a pass. So what was the turning point for you to go from hating recruitment to building your complete technology and solution around it? Really, it was when I stopped doing HR Mm -hmm. and got back into, because I took a, a, a swing down into sales and marketing and did a lot of sales. I became a consultant, so I was very sales-driven. And when I started getting that sales-driven focus, just sort of the world of recruitment changed for me. And it wasn't a, a task that I had to do in my with my busy HR hat on. It became 
an acquisition game. And that sort of changed the flavor of it for me. And now I treat it as, I, I love the sourcing sort of side of it and the acquisition, talent acquisition part of just bringing people into the table and, and getting them into the into the pipeline. So it was that taking that recruitment experience and mm. tying in the sales and marketing passion that I had. And so that's what led us down this path. Wow. Okay. So that makes you, I would have to say in all my years of recruiting, Brad, maybe one in 10,000 people could go from being an HR and then sales, right? Because we've always said that sales and marketing, although they're related they're not the same thing, but recruitment is the function of both those things. So sales and marketing are not the same thing. No, they're not, but they are related. Yes. Which, which, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Which kind of leads to today's take on recruitment with recruitment marketing. I fundamentally believe that talent acquisition leads to be pulled away from HR and sit right in the middle between talent acquisition, between recruitment or between uh, HR and, and marketing and talent acquisition needs to feed today's roles or tomorrow's opportunities. And so they like today to me, recruiters are to recruitment marketing, what sales is to marketing. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. I've always, I think I, for many years have seen it as that. But it's so hard, like HR just, I don't know if why they can't seem to uh, let go of us. Do you have any theories around that? And I've heard you you talk about this, Serge, in some of your other episodes about how recruitment is seen as a stepping stone into HR. And it shouldn't be because it's two very different skill sets. But because when you grow up, you're taught certain values and you hold those values. So today's HR leaders are the people that, came into the profession through recruitment. And so that's what they know. And they just, they don't know any better. And remember what I said, when I talk about recruiters, it comes from a place of love. HR in recruiting is the slowest changing organism within an organization. And they get their, like, they just don't want to change. They say they want to try new things, but they don't want to change. Change is hard. Uh, Change is hard. Change is really hard, and this is where an effective talent acquisition leader can drive that change if they have the Absolutely. passion for it. So, hundred percent. I'm not saying that they don't change, but it's that's the way we've always done it, right? Like, hundred percent. Recruitment's always been a part of HR, and it needs to come out of there. That's just my thing. So let's talk about the journey. So you've been in recruitment, and you spent uh, quite a bit of time also in the agency world. So you decided there's got to be a better way. And what really triggered the need for Candidate Hub? I'll I'll ask that then if you can follow up with just what is Candidate Hub? And if you can go in depth of exactly what Candidate Hub does, we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. I Like you said, I, the past six years have been in the recruitment agency world. And in, in that span of time, I, I kept thinking to myself, there has to be a better way. This industry is so competitive. It's so cutthroat. And what do external recruiters have that internal recruiters don't? And to me, the only answer to that is sales. Like, External recruiters are more sales focused than internal recruiters. And so when COVID hit, my recruitment business kind of took a nosedive. So it gave me time to talk to a lot of 
people in the industry and talk about what were some of their pains and what do they want to see. And there was two overwhelming responses, but the most important one was that they wanted to see quality candidates in their inbox on a daily basis. They want to be able to attract better quality candidates. I, I got a lot of thought around that and why that was a challenge and why recruiters are so successful at it. And really it comes down to having a good database and pull behind the curtain. Most agency recruiters rely on three things, relationships, LinkedIn, and Indeed. And how can we take some of that and automate it and uh, make it easier for internal recruiters to come about? And through a lot of conversations with people in the industry and, and people that I trusted, that's where Candidate Hub came. So Candidate Hub is for all intents and purposes, a marketing and marketing automation recruitment super platform. So our tagline is we give recruiters x-ray vision into the hidden talent market and turn recruiters into super recruiters with lightning speed. So basically what we do is we use traditional marketing principles and traditional marketing tools and monitor candidate behavior and brand engagement. So we want to know who's interacting with job ads, who's interacting with social media and who's a fan of the brand, uh, turn them into super fans and, and get them ready for, get them ready for the big time. You talk about, about bench strength in, in sports and, and organizations don't have it. So can you just clarify, Brad, are you saying this is a platform for staffing agencies? So this would be fans no, of the staffing agency brand? No, it could be used by staffing agencies, but our purpose is for organizations. Yeah. So yeah, so for internal recruiters to help them to see, because you think of companies hiring a, a software engineer and so they put out a job ad and there's a software engineer, it's called her Sally, looks at the job ad because she's overworked and overwhelmed and feeling underappreciated. She looks at the job ad, thinks it's cool, but she's overworked. So she stops her daydreaming, goes back to doing what she's doing and uh, the organization never even knows she was there. Wow. So we help capture some of that information to see who is looking at those ads and who's interacting with it so that we can nurture them and market to them and turn them into qualified applicants. So when you say nurture, I've always said, so what? If you looked at my job ad, if you didn't apply, the looking at me is a it, is a so what it so how is it what do you mean by nurturing so in the example that you which is an awesome example you're right it's always an event candidates like oh i've had enough i'm going to go see what's my favorite company's doing if they've got any job postings that i'm qualified for what if i go there and there's nothing really appealing to me like how do you nurture that talent pipeline i think that's where you're headed yeah absolutely and it's not like I've heard you guys talk about talent pipelining before with Adam Gordon, which was a great episode, by the way. But like Adam said, it's not like a talent pipeline is not a list. So what's important is capturing the people that are interacting with your brand and providing them value because stats show that candidates will visit a job ad five, six times before they apply. And we're all busy. We're looking at a job ad, something at work distracts us or our kids distract us and we don't get the chance to hit apply. And But by capturing the people that are there, we can nurture them in different ways. And it really depends on where they are in that sort of pipeline. So if they're cold, then you want to send one message. If they're a little bit more interactive and, and warmer, then you send maybe a different message. Or if they've been all over your website and we think they're ready to be hired, then you, you may want to send them a different message. But it's 
not about saying, look, we have this job. It's about providing them information, providing them value. If you're hiring developers, what are the latest best practices out there? Or what webinars that you've attended that you've really enjoyed? Providing information and providing background to your organization and why people love working there. It was this, like the whole, like what you just described. I'm just, I just was transported back to the chair I was sitting in when I was the leader of a talent acquisition team. And a wonderful idea, but I am so busy. I am so busy. And I'm thinking, when the hell am I going to ever have time to build all this content? I know the value, but I'm like, so busy. I'm so busy. And I'm so busy, right? Like, <laughs> yes. All you hear from TA leaders. So I'm thinking, oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm thinking, if I came across Candidate Hub, I'd be like, great idea. I would need another full time body and a half to do this work. Where am I going to get all the time to be messaging people? Like, how does that work? Tell me it's automated, Brad. Tell me. Oh, yeah. So we build a lot of automation, drip campaigns, nurturing campaigns. Um, the content for the campaign? Like where you guys do that? Well, yeah, we'll work with the organization to help them build it. Or there's sometimes they have employer branding agencies they work with or different marketing agencies, or they leverage their marketing department. Honestly, a lot of talent acquisition people, who's the best people to leverage for that is your own employees. Like create a voice within your own employee group. And get them to talk about why oh, yes. it's so delegate. great to work there. Yeah, <laughs> delegate. Yeah, because right? the recruiters so, got no time. Believe me. No, it's, it's easy. It. Okay. Yeah. It, it's easy to set up a framework of, of a campaign, but leverage your internal departments and leverage your marketing department and leverage your current employees yeah. and give them a voice on social media. And if you really push comes to shove, then bring in a marketing uh, expert or or hire a marketing brand developing the employer brand shop, for example, and or higher value. But yeah, so honestly, I really don't think the TA leader is the person to be building the content. There's a couple things you mentioned. Uh, In reality, the candidate journey usually takes around six months. So from the first time they get that crappy experience, their boss is an asshole in the morning, and they're like, I'm going to look at jobs. Generally, that happens Monday morning. You see it in the trends. Indeed, traffic is heaviest on two mornings, Monday and Tuesday morning, which usually relates. You come back from the weekend, you get to work, you realize, oh, I really hate doing this. This is when you generally start looking at either mm-hmm. job boards or you're triggered by something else. And that journey can take six months till you decide to actually apply, which is why it's so critical to nurture those candidates because when they do decide to apply, especially if they're a top candidate, you want them to apply to you as there's tons of competition. And on the other note, like when you talk about generating content, Shelly, you're completely right. Generating content is one of the biggest challenges. But what's great is there's so much great content out there already that can be used as far as giving value to that particular candidate and like software developer, new technology, new programming language, sharing that info, what that means. They might see it somewhere else, but just the fact that you're targeting them and giving them that content. And I'm a big believer in user-generated content, meaning the employees generate the Mm -hmm. content because 
the number one source when candidates are looking at content is actually coming from employees within the organization that's not as structured and I guess corporatized to lack of a better word. It's very transparent and authentic, especially that's what they're looking for right now in this current environment. Because you mentioned Shelley is like a lot of companies say, oh, we're great for diversity. Show me the receipts. What's your diversity stats? And, and they can't. But if it's coming from an employee internally saying, actually, this is a very uh, diverse workplace. I've come here in that sense, or it's very friendly to women. They have a daycare in place. Those all have a massive impact. And what's interesting is we are very transactional in nature, recruiters. We shouldn't be, but it's a little bit of our nature. We need someone new. We just post a job again and then get a new slew of candidates. Even yeah. though six months, a year ago... We posted a job, had great candidates. One maybe was uh, the silver medalist, and we forget about those candidates. So why do you think it's important to nurture the whole candidate journey? That is a great question. I think one thing you said there is every time, it's like rinse, repeat, right? You, you get a job, you post it, you shortlist, you, you interview, you find two that you really hire one, you start over. And you do it every time. And, and I think a big part of that is just because you said it, Shelly, TA people are so busy. They don't remember who that other person was six months ago and they don't trust their database. So if you have an applicant tracking system, you don't trust it because if you don't know if that information is still valid six months later. Um, so Indeed and LinkedIn have the most up-to-date information. That's where I'm going to go. It's all about the less amount of friction. But if we can build a nurturing relationship where we're enhancing candidate profiles, we know the information is up-to-date. We know that they're still interested because they're still co commenting on our Facebook posts. They're still sharing our content. And you're right, Serge, like employee content is way better. It goes back to our we talked about our audio video retail days. If a salesperson said you need this HDMI cable, the customer never believed you. But if the installer said it, it's got to be true. And it's the same thing. If a recruiter says this is a great place to work, yeah, sure it is. But if employees are saying it, then oh, all of a sudden I believe it. It's important to, to have that up-to-date database of that pipeline of people that you're talking to. It's, it, it's I, I mentioned it with bench strength, like you look at pro sports teams, they fight for talent every day. They're, they're all looking for the top talent in their leagues, but they don't just rely on drafting or trades to get people. They build an ecosystem of potential talent that they work on. They have pro minor pro teams, semi-pro teams, where they're constantly watching people in the industry and and nurturing them to get them onto their, hopefully get a shot at the big team one day. We don't do that in talent acquisition. We just put out the fire that's in front of us. A couple of questions on that end. So there is uh, systems out there and it's becoming more dominant with ATS launching CRMs attached. And from what I'm hearing, what you have is somewhat similar to Candidate ID. So first part of the question, how is it different from what else is on the market? Then the second part of that question, I'm curious, what are the steps to implement? How does it integrate with ATS? What type of work will uh, the recruiter or the TA leader need to do? Yeah, there are ATS is coming out with CRM level, but Salesforce still relies on HubSpot. So 
we're that part of the relationship. While your CRM is great and your APS is great at, at housing people and taking them through the workflow, Candidate Hub is the front part of that to drive them into the CRM. And as far as implementing, we have a, a back system to integrate with just about any applicant tracking system out there. If we don't have an integration built, we'll build it. And we work hand in hand with our clients as they come on to, to make sure they understand how to set up some, some basic communications, setting up their segments, setting up their uh, profiles and making sure we take them through two or three sort of video hand-holding sessions to make sure that they understand how to use it. Uh, and they're quick, they're like 30 minute sessions, but it's important that we, we get them to know and we're here every day to jump in and, and, and help out. So yeah, because if you don't build the processes in the back end, then it's just a shiny box on the shelf. What's the biggest challenge in HR tech? No one wants to say their price. I'm going to put you on the spot. How's your pricing? Um, yeah, no, that's, yeah, we're not afraid to say uh, what our pricing is. We work from with organizations from small to, to large. So we have plans starting at $99 a month if going up to about $1,000 a month. So just depending on what you want to accomplish, how much you want to do yourself, how much you want us involved. And if you really want to get in and you really want to do it right and use landing pages and marketing automation and social scoring and lead scoring and all of those cool tool, tools, then yeah, we're up closer to that $1,000 a month plan. And then we have some, some sort of middle ground in there too. You're very involved in the HR tech space. Looking at uh, this space, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of different technologies. A lot of them are getting investment. But I'm curious what you think is going to be the biggest HR tech, talent acquisition tech disruptor in the next five years. I actually think the biggest HR tech disruptor is already here. And it's marketing and marketing automation. Um, a little bias. <laughs> no, not at all. And I'm not. I'm not saying us. There are other companies that do it. You mentioned Candidate ID. I told Adam the other day. We're like your little brother, following along. But I think the biggest disruptor is not going to be the tech. It's going to be the mindset of using the tech. I mentioned there was two things that always came up every time I I talked to people about one of the two things that really bothered them. And the second one was always hiring managers because hiring managers always... So I've heard you ask this question, Serge, but I'm going to ask you, why do hiring managers always take so long to get back to recruiters? What's well, the biggest pain from hiring managers? It is a major pain for a recruiter getting to a hiring manager because it's interesting. You'll get situations being like, hey, I want you to someone to start next week. But then, okay, when can you do interviews? Oh, two weeks from now. So let's put this in perspective. Hiring managers. Uh, uh, that never happens. Oh, oh it happens all the time. It's happened to I'm, me. I'm being snarky. I'm being yeah. snarky. Yeah. <laughs> so hiring managers, and this is not how they've been trained throughout their whole life, is basically doing their day-to-day -day job is the most critical, making sure that uh, the production line is running or making sure that people are selling or whatever the case is, always think what they think they're good at. And when it comes to recruitment, everything aside from it is just some things that they can do it when they get a chance. It's never a top priority. And I think that's a failing to the whole business education of 
of how critical it is to be a manager and have the best possible people because everything that you're struggling with as a manager right now with really good people goes away. So in a situation of chicken and egg is I don't have time to hire people, but if I hired people, I would actually be way better at my job. So I think it's just uh, mentality and what's happened and what's on their plate. They're extremely stressed on KPIs from the business that are very based on a quarterly or yearly basis. So they lose track of how important it is to hire. So I'm not blaming hiring managers. It's I'm just, not either. They I'm have not a, either. They just have a full plate and see this as an add-on to the work they do. Shelly, what's your thoughts? Because you've dealt with hiring managers longer than any of us, obviously, by your age. <laughs> nice dig. Oh, Serge, nice dig. I, I, I think you've been most gracious about hiring managers and whether or not... See, recruitment is not their job. Hiring people is their job. And so... Is it part of your job? Is it a priority to you? And honestly, I guess if I was to be like incredibly optimistic, my experience is more that if you are as a hiring manager, there's only so many hours in a day and you're dealing with issues that mean retaining the talent that you have now or setting aside the time to be hiring, that is interviewing and hiring the people that we've provided based on you ask, we're not doing this for the, just for the sake of doing it. Like you asked us to help you find people. But I think if you are struggling with time constraints, it's because you're probably dealing with retention issues. And I know I'm being incredibly optimistic and thinking only in terms of, of companies that are growing or adding to their team versus a chronic turnover issue that is because of the hiring manager treating people like shit. And they just keep quitting. That is probably in a recruiter's world, you you might as well put a knife through my heart because I spend so much time doing all the things you're talking about, Brad, like creating relationships and nurturing. And it's it's building a relationship with people so that when you've got a great role that they'd be interested in, boom, I can have people in front of that client in a matter of hours. You can't do that if you don't have a relationship with people. I'm busting my ass only to send them to work for somebody who treats people like terribly, like they yell at people or swear at them or anyways, they're just terrible leaders. And so they may deep down, maybe they know it. Maybe they know that they hate being a manager and they hate hiring people because I don't know. It's more work. Well, Onboarding more work. Was the, that was, that was a very HR answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God! I uh, crossed over to the dark side. <laughs> well, you, and, and shall I we have an opinion? Point? Go ahead, Brad. I have an opinion as to why hiring managers drag their feet on recruitment, and it's because we let them. And I don't mean recruiters let them; senior leaders let them. Picture a world, and this is, I'm circling back to your, your disruptor question. So picture a world where marketing sends a list of qualified leads to sales and sales says, I don't have time to call them right now. Or I want to see better qualified leads before I start calling people. Or I'm too busy dealing with this to worry about that. Like senior leadership would lose their friggin' mind. But Hiring managers do it all the time, and there's no accountability for it. And so that goes back to, I think the biggest disruptor 
in recruitment is going to be that paradigm shift that recruitment and marketing and sales is the exact same thing as talent acquisition and hiring. You talk about accountability, and I think that's a really good point. And we do a bad job as recruiters when it comes to this, because when you're doing the intake meeting, I think you're setting, not only getting the information for the role, but there's a couple of key things that you need to do as well, being like, okay, this is going to be the process. If I get you a candidate, you have 24 hours for you to either review or come back to me as far as the interview time, or you've missed your timeline as far as that candidate. So setting SLAs with your hiring managers of, okay, I'm going to commit that I'm going to have candidates by this date. You have to commit that you'll be able to deliver feedback in a 24 hour, 12 hour timeline, depending on what it is. So us recruiters need to do a better job of holding our hiring managers accountable. I think that's a big part of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it, it needs to be culturally driven within the oh, organization. I, I agree. And, and Shelly, what you mentioned as far as when hiring managers don't like recruiting, they do hiring. I think like a really good organization Everyone is responsible for recruiting, starting at the CEO. So let me, I think where we're all singing from the same song sheet is when what they're responsible for is marketing this as a good place to work. That's not recruiting. That is marketing. Why come work with us at the company, whatever you're well, Why not recruiting? Working? So you meet someone that's great. Why not try to recruit them? I'm let afraid. me, let's pull it back again to recruitment and hiring versus marketing and sales. Everybody at an organization is responsible for sales. Yeah. Salespeople are responsible for closing the deal. Everybody at an organization is responsible for recruitment. Hiring managers are responsible for closing the deal. So you've got your organization is your brand, your people brand. People are attracted to Nike because it's Nike, but why like your culture, your organization, and that's why employer branding isn't enough these days. So like recruitment marketing has come a long way in 15 years, but they've never gotten to that. I don't think, I may be wrong. It's happened once before, but it, I, I recruitment marketing has never gotten to that point where it's, marketing to build a funnel to convert. We talk with our clients about understanding what their ideal candidate profile is, which is straight out of sales, ideal customer profile. What's your ICP? So a lot of recruiters think it's, I need somebody with five years experience doing this. And then, you know, that's your skill set, that's your competencies. But what does your candidate look like? Where do they hang out? What do they do? What websites are they on? Are they watching this type of YouTube video? Are they on TikTok? Are they on GitHub? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Facebook? That's the stuff you need to know and market to them. So we need to get to that mentality of sales and marketing in recruitment. Marketing is to sales what talent acquisition is to hire. I see it as recruitment marketing is equal to marketing. Recruit marketing drives leads for sales to close 
recruitment marketing drives leads to recruiters to close. So hiring managers are generally really bad at closing. I never really let hiring managers close the deal. I usually do it as a recruiter because I have more confidence that I can actually close the deal and get that candidate on board. Because a lot of hiring managers think that, oh, that person would be so friggin' lucky to work for my organization. They are so blessed that I'm interviewing them. They're so blessed yep. that I'm going to offer them a job that in reality, they don't take into context as this person might have five different job offers or whatever the case is. So Brad- well, They may be happy where they are. Well, exactly. They can find Candidate Hub, more information on candidatehub.io, correct? Yes. How can they get a hold of you? Brad at candidatehub.io. I like to keep my emails simple. And I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the good Are you on TikTok? All the good spots. I'm not on TikTok. Just a thought I... of Brad dancing on TikTok just <laughs> makes me a little bit squeezy, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, awesome. I haven't seen that my ideal customer profile is on TikTok yet, but if it gets there, I'll be there. Perfect. Brad, <laughs> such a pleasure having you on the show. Greatly appreciate you coming in. So everyone do check out candidatehub.io and find Brad DiPaolo, D-I-P-A-O-L-O on LinkedIn. Out of boy, search. Thanks a lot, Brad. All right. Thanks, Brad. All right. Thank you. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.